welcome to the final edition of Covered in Glory before this beautiful championship Sunday in our debut season. How are you feeling, Brett? You feel better about championship Sunday or about the first year we had together? It's just amazing. You know, time flies when you're having fun, buddy. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> well, at least I enjoyed this. Uh, no, I mean, it's it's amazing Like that the season, it's kind of one of those paradoxes where the season has seemed like it's taken forever with all the ups and downs, but it's also seemed like it's flowing by incredibly quickly. Like it's, it's hard to believe that Sunday is the last slate of Premier League games. Um, and I just watched the Europa League final on Thursday. It's just amazing. I, I, I'm not, I'm not over it. I think it, I think because everything has been in such a state of constant flux this year in all the races, you know, nothing has really ever been decided. Even when we thought it's been decided, you know, we thought Arsenal at fourth, then now they don't. And we thought city were going to walk with the championship and now it's coming down to the last game and relegation battle. It looked like for sure we had Newcastle going down with Watford and Norwich and now Burnley and Leeds are battling it up. So it's just been, it's been super fun. This has actually been probably one of the more enjoyable seasons, at least for me. Um, and, you know, doing it with you in the podcast, being part of the journey, Toby, just made it that much more special. Well, speaking of journeys, uh, anybody who listened to us last week knows that I did some traveling this weekend and I am so dedicated to the Premier League. I went ahead and caught myself a case of COVID just so I could be in isolation for Championship Sunday and nobody could bother me. That is a real fan. Why are you not that dedicated, Brett? I, I don't know, man. I clearly am just lacking. So this is, you are the true warrior of the group. I am, I'm just a puppet. That's all I am. I don't know if you've traveled recently. It's actually really wild out there. Like I leave the politics to Kevin Hench and some others on our network, but they keep talking about the two Americas. And the one thing everybody united on is the second it was no longer mandatory to uh, put a mask on when you're flying. Nobody wears them. It's like 98% of people are going maskless now. It's like, apparently that is the one thing all of America agrees on, that it sucks to fly with a mask. <laughs> I think it just sucks to fly in general. Masks just make that experience worse. But, yeah. you're, but you're talking to someone that doesn't like flying even like pre-COVID. So, yeah. Well, they, everybody gave up on it faster than Trent Alexander-Arnold guarding a far post on a cross. Oh, I thought there was, oh. was going to be a Deli Alley joke right in there. You went with Trent? You went with Trent? Oh. Like no, recreational I mean, superstar with Deli Alley's been your whipping boy all year. What's going on here? You're throwing a well. How a can you actually discern when Deli Alley? When can you discern when Deli Alley gave up versus when he's trying? <laughs> so there's actually not a way to figure it out. So it doesn't make as much sense. I mean, Trent Alexander Arnold actually has sublime moments and then just can't defend across. So it's a better joke, Brad. You you want like during the all season? Should I just explain things why why things are funny to you? Is that compelling content? Can we just come back each and every week I mean, and do that? I think that's the best way to tell a joke is to explain it right afterwards. well since we were last together on monday the soccer gods gave us a lot of gifts and the best among them is a highly competitive championship sunday uh everything but third place is up for grabs here so the top seven positions only chelsea are settled uh and as such i will give everybody a break this week we will not be talking about the chelsea game but the rest of the teams have uh, a lot to play for so let's kind of start running through it And let's, of course, start right at the top of the table. Manchester City first at 90 points versus Ashton Villa 14th at 45 points. One of the absolute best things about Championship Sunday for uh, everybody who loves to engage in it year after year, or you might be new to it this year, is all the games kick off at exactly the same time. So every game that we're going to talk about today is Sunday morning at 11 a.m. EST. 
In this game, Manchester City with the title on the line is minus 600. Aston Villa is plus 1,900. The draw is plus 650. Man, on the adjusted, Manchester City minus one and a half is minus 195 to Aston Villa plus uh, 155. And if you really want to press the gas on it, Manchester City minus two and a half is plus 135. Aston Villa is minus 165. So Manchester City, uh, they win and they are the champions. And as as such, I don't see any other possible result. We're talking about I don't care if Liverpool's in the Champions League final. I think Manchester City is probably still the best team in the world. And when you look back at previous uh, championship Sundays, the last five years, they absolutely feast on the final game of the season. They never relent. Their goal totals in the last five years on this glorious Sunday, I believe it was uh, five, four, five, one, and five. Uh, They absolutely, I think, are going to smash Aston Villa, who I keep referring to as flat track bullies. I don't have a lot of respect for the team. And as such, uh, I like Manchester City. I guess I'm just going to take a minus a goal and a half at minus 195 because I'm going to pair it with some other things you'll hear about in the five pint. And then when we get to my props, uh, Brett, I'll let you go first. But they're all Manchester over uh, Manchester City over totals. So you see it any differently than me? Or do you think there's any way we don't have a blue, a sky blue champion on Sunday? Uh, I mean, I, I definitely think that uh, there's a very, very very strong possibility that city is going to be the champion uh, by the end of the, uh, by the end of Sunday. Um, but I do like the angle that Stevie G Stevie G is managing Villa. And it was interesting to see that today we're recording this on Thursday um, when they played Burnley, Stevie G rotated a squad. Coutinho was not in against Burnley. Danny Ings was not in against Burnley. Uh, Jalen Ramsey started in the midfield. I actually says Ben's out, but Cha- Colin Chambers is at, at uh, right center back. So he clearly is like saving his best play to try to hold city so Liverpool can win the title. And I, I kind of love it, but I, I do think in general, Villa has not been that good. Uh, Stevie G has not really made that big of a difference. Um, and so, I mean, the, the way that I've went is like, like you said, I think we see it the same way. I'm taking city minus two and a half at plus plus one twenty eight Cause I think they're going to step on it and put their foot on the gas. Um, and then I'm even going to go ahead and say that with the, as leaky as Villa's defense bench, and we, we've talked about this kind of their midfield, just not um, having any good guys that are good at like winning the ball back or stopping players from just running right through the midfield. Um, I'm actually going to take a, a little bit of a wild one for the prop, but I'm going to take the over of four and a half goals for city. Cause I think they're going to create, wow. I, I think it's plus it's plus four sixty. But I have a feeling that City is going to create at least two expected goals worth of chances, probably in this match, which means that they are going to be within a steady degree of variance of turning two, two and a half, three chances worth of expected goals into five or more actual goals, because this is it. This is everything. There, there is no Champions League final coming up for them, right? This is the last game of the season. This is for the title. This is to salvage the season. I think they're going to put their foot on the gas and I just don't think Villa have the players to stop them. Although I love that Stevie G is trying <laughs> to rotate his squad. So this is like their way of getting his way of getting Liverpool the title that he couldn't deliver. Yeah. I can't imagine all the curse words being said around uh, the dinner tables and leads tonight 
after Stevie G played yeah. a B squad against Burnley and gave <laughs> yeah. uh, them a leg up in the relegation race. Probably not that popular up there right now. Uh, it's also wild that you just took Manchester City over four and a half goals in a game, and they're about to add one of the best five strikers in the world. Yeah. So, like, what the hell is that going to look like next year? But I guess that's for next year's pods. Uh, for my props, I I laughing at you that you went at four and a half when the first one I have written down is the over three and a half total for the game. So you have Manchester City really blowing it out. But I mean, I have a goal total because maybe they leak one. I don't know, but they're definitely going to get at least three. I, I have their goal range at three to five uh, just by themselves. Mm-hmm. And so I feel really good at getting, about getting plus 120 for the over 3.5 goals. I certainly would not take any number less than 3.5 because there's no value in it when they have the opportunity to smash this much. Um Manchester City, just by themselves over the 3.5, if you're not quite as aggressive as Brett, is plus uh, 205. Manchester City to win both halves is plus 110. Uh, And then the other one I really like, Manchester City over one and a half goals in the first half is plus 160. I think they're coming out right from the get-go, all gas, no breaks. And if they do that, then unless Stevie G wants to lace them up, and turn back a time machine, and they just going to overrun that Aston Villa <laughs> midfield, and there's going to be pouring in chance after chance. So I am thankful that this game means something because I'm thankful I get to see that attack in full flight, but I am not expecting a miracle out of Liverpool. But we'll see. That's why we watch on Sunday, right? Exactly, yeah. And I mean, I, I'm sorry, but the poetic beauty of, like, Coutinho scoring a goal for a Steven Gerrard team to win Liverpool the title, oh, the narrative. I would love that narrative. Please make that narrative yeah. happen. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's move to the other side of this narrative. Liverpool second at 89 points versus Wolves eighth at 51 points. Pool is minus 600. The Wolves are plus 1800. The draw is plus 650. Pool minus two and a half is plus 140. The Wolves are minus 175. Um, I don't feel as confident that Poole's going to smash Wolves as I do that um, Aston Villa is going to get destroyed by Manchester City. Part of that is it hasn't been Poole's MO to really roll across teams here at the end of the year. I mean, they were up on the goal differential, as we keep talking about, and Manchester City, as soon as they realized that might matter, completely flipped it on them, going from minus four to plus six in the span of, what, three or four games. Uh, Also, Wolves, I know you keep saying they're lucky, I know it's black magic, it's voodoo, whatever it is, but they have something that they just keep keeping these games close. And now that the title's no longer going to be settled on goal differential, it's going to be settled off of um, Poole getting a better result than than City. I'm actually taking the Wolves plus two and a half, Ooh. minus 175 in this game, even though, just for value, even though I obviously expect Liverpool to win by one or two goals. All right. So here, here's the one thing that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw in you, throw at you here, and I want you to chew on this for just one second. How long do you think it's been since Sadio Mane and Mo Salah had an entire week to rest for a match? Remember, they went, they had COVID season truncated off season. Then they had this season, Africa cup of nations. AFCON, And then, yeah. then they went into this Klopp. It was very surprising. I think it was the right move, but it was incredibly surprising that he rotated everybody like Minamino played Firmino was there. Uh, Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott came back and made an appearance. Um, so, I mean, James Miller Milner was playing like a six <laughs> in that, in that match on Tuesday against Southampton. So he, basically gave 
everybody that mattered the entire week to rest their legs for this match. It paid off. They came back. They beat Southampton. I mean, they, they should have won that match. Or they actually dominated with their B team and talk about conversations for another podcast. Um, <laughs> but I mean, that, that to me is, is what gives me hope. I, I do think Wolves have been, we've, we've went in depth about the weird voodoo magic that have somehow Wolves have used to m- maybe make themselves seem like they're a more competent team that they actually are. Um, but you also have to remember that the last time that the Wolves actually played someone good, uh, which would have been City, uh, they got trucked. And uh, yeah, I know you still think City's the best team in the world, but now we're talking fresh Luis Diaz, fresh Sadio Mane, fresh Mo Salah, fresh Trent Alexander-Arnold, fresh Andy Robertson, fresh Thiago against a team that just got trucked by a, a City team that's the equivalent of what Liverpool are. I am all aboard minus two and a half at plus 132. And I'm also going to take the Liverpool goals over of two and a half goals. I'm, I'm a little more conservative with them because again, Wolves black magic, uh, but I'm taking the over two and a half goals for Liverpool alone. That pricing isn't great. It's minus 120, but I definitely think that three or three plus goals is very much in the, in the Liverpool range here. So I'll take a little bit of a pricing hit to get that. So I don't know if you're just trying to like Jedi mind trick me here, but you threw out a trivia question that you never provided the answer to. Oh. So I can't actually concentrate <laughs> on giving my picks because I'm just sitting here waiting for the answers. I mean, it has to be uh, after the restart yeah. and then they had at least a week off after the restart season. So uh, week one of you know fall of 2020, yeah, and that and that's really, I mean that that that's crazy to think about the miles that these guys have put on like that. It is absolutely wild to think that these guys have made it through this point, and everybody's wondering why like Mo Salah hasn't been scoring from open play and all this shit. Well, <laughs> there's a reason why the dude hasn't had a break in like a year plus. So uh, I'm yeah. very interested to see how this team comes out where they've actually had an entire week of rest to play one premier league rat match. I just think they're going to come out with their hair on fire. I think this could get very ugly, very quickly for wolves. All right. Well, I'm relying on wolves, black magic. I'm also digging this tactic. I'm just going to start throwing out random questions Not answer. and Not make you think about them and distract you from the pod. Uh, my prop, um, you're going to hate it, but wolves to score. Ah, oh. Wolves to score is plus 120. And the reason I actually like this yeah, prop is never coming on this pod li- now. <laughs> the Liverpool clean sheet win is minus 165, which seems like an outrageous number to me. Like that is not something that is so easy to pull off that it should be that high of a negative number. So when I looked that up, I was expecting it to be, you know, close to even and I was going to jump on it. But when it was weighted so heavily the other way, I said, how do I fade this? And I came out with Wolves plus 120 to score. So this is just well, a reaction to the betting Fabinho markets. probably won't start. So there is going to be, we've talked about this. It's the combination of Fabinho and Thiago that just basically is a stone wall for Liverpool in front of Virgil van Dijk, who's one of the best center backs in the world. So it's it could be a Naviketia, Jordan Henderson, uh, Thiago midfield, which the trade-off from Ketty to Fabinho Two completely different players. Kedia is a midfielder that advances the ball forward with his feet. He hangs out kind of in the final third. And Fabinho is the positionally sound, ball-winning, typical six that you have. So 
that actually isn't a, a bad play. And, and, and Neto is back for Wolves. He's probably going to play. He's been out all season. I'm sure he's not going to just like rotate out of this game. I'm sure the guy wants to play as a competitor and an athlete. So, I mean, they're going to, Wolves are going to get a really good attacker back. Uh, and their best attacker, I think that that's probably not even debatable. And then, you know, uh, Liverpool is missing a huge part of their defensive presence. So that's actually not a bad play. Um, but I also think that that one goal could come against like five for Liverpool. So I'm still very confident in mine. That's fine by me as long as I get yeah. the one. And with the actuallys, always with the actuallys. So surprised. You're trailing me on the season in I the know. five pint. You know that? I'm just a condescending always, like, dick. Give me let's just, low let's key, just get low-key shade <laughs> on all of my picks. Uh, all right. I so mean, let's in all fairness, really get- you're picking a team whose leading goal scorer has six goals to score against one of the best defensive teams in the world. So that one does deserve an actually, even if I am a dick. Yeah. Well, they snuck two past Chelsea. Uh, so it's not impossible. You're saying there's a chance. <laughs> all right. So let's head it down to the absolute bottom of the table at Norwich 20th at 22 points. Yikes. What a season for those yeah. boys versus Tottenham fourth at 68 points who are playing with Europe on the, or well, not just Europe on the line champions league on the line. Spurs are minus 450. Norwich is plus 1,200. The draw is plus 550. Spurs minus a goal and a half is minus 155. Norwich is plus 125. Um, God, there's got to be an upset in here somewhere on Championship Sunday. I'm just not seeing it yet. Like Spurs under Conte with a chance to qualify for the Champions League, take back what started out as a disastrous season under uh, Nuno and then coming back under, you know, the Don and getting all the way back to champions league just seems like the right result for the way they have played ever since Conte took over. Um, and of course, if they were playing a real premier league team, I'd be like, all right, well, I'll be a little nervous about this because sometimes they don't show up, but they're not. The Canaries took flight a long time ago. <laughs> they are an awful freaking team. I don't expect I like the them to come Im- back like the up. Imagery. That was really good. I, I, I don't expect them to come back up. I think they're going to struggle even in the championship next year. And so I expect this to be extraordinarily ugly. I expect the Spurs to take care of business, grab their spot in the Champions League. And um, I think there's going to be a lot of goals. And because I think there's going to be a lot of goals, I think they're going to have a chance to uh, chase some things that usually wouldn't matter. I mean, we see this sometimes on Championship Sunday. People are chasing end-of-the-year results and bonuses and things like that that they might not be doing in match day 20. So my prop is Sun to score two or more goals plus 250. And why might that be? Because he has one goal behind Mo Salah and the Golden Boot. So I think he's going to score early. And then if there's a penalty or anything like that, I think they will keep handing him the ball so he could try to win the golden boot over Mo Salah. Yeah, and I mean, I, I love Sun Betts. I, I, you know, one of the things with him that's really interesting is um, his finishing – like he is, he is way up, uh, past the skis on his finishing this year. Uh, you know, with his, I think he's like plus it's plus eight for his, uh, his differential between actual goals and expected goals. But this is a sun thing. He is legitimately not maybe a messy level finisher, but one of the most consistent guys in beating his expected goals because he is incredible. He's also, and we had this conversation kind of the joking, is he washed or is he different thing? He has really taken up the by far and away the most advanced position in the Spurs attack 
when they have the ball. It is Harry Kane is operating sometimes like a central midfielder at points. And Sun is the one constantly making those runs into the box, constantly looking on getting uh, getting on the end of those balls. And I mean, uh, they have just fine. Conte has just fine tuned this connection and Kuliszewski being that third wheel and, and a more kind of creative presence than a goal scorer has also aided this. So, I mean, sun bets are awesome. I didn't go there. Um, I've just been kind of focusing mostly on the team bets. And one of the ones that I really love for the prop is that Spurs are going to score in both halves. I, I mean, again, this is about a team that has given up. Norwich has been brutally bad. They are, they are done. They want the season to be over with. They are, they are not filled with Premier League quality players. This is a terrible, one of the worst teams in Premier League history. And Spurs have just been absolutely lighting it up in the attack. So minus 135 isn't great price, but I mean, it's really hard for me not to see Spurs dominating from start to finish. And, you know, part of that is why I would take the spread at minus one and a half at at, um, minus 157 as well. I just, it's impossible for me to see Norwich somehow digging deep and finding motivation to stand up to what's probably been the third best team in the Premier League since Conte came over. And I mean, they've, they've really like, if, if he was here the whole season, I think they would be clearly the third best team in the Premier League with the Chelsea kind of late season fade here. But part of that is Chelsea also had this pretty much locked up in third place since, you know, March. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to separate the signal from the noise yeah. there, but it's worthy of, it's worthy of a discussion sure. and that's all that matters, yeah. right? Like there's been a clear top four, since Conte took over. And the reason Arsenal was able to stay in it is Conte didn't start the season with them. Otherwise, I think there would have been a lot more separation between the sides. Um, But we can talk about that in a minute when we come back to talk about the Arsenal game. But now we got to take a quick break. And we are back. And let's get over to those aforementioned Gunners who are fifth at 66 points facing non-relegation bound Everton Locked in, not falling down to 18th, a secure 16th with 39 points. Congratulations to Brett and all of Toffee fans out there. I said it was him versus Woot Weghorst, and TCL came in late with a beautiful goal. And then the Everton fans all rushed the field with like eight minutes left in the match, which is very Everton. So... Well, it is it is like an amazing uh, example of sequencing, right? Like if I had said to anybody at that stadium or you or anybody else, you know, back in August, uh, Everton's going to finish with 39 points and they're going to finish 16th. They were like, they, they suck. That's the worst team I've ever heard of. I can't believe it. Would be, it. There like, would be no blue players being <laughs> thrown out in the stands. Exactly. But, you know, given the stakes and given the drama and given the consequences – seeing them, you know, basically bum rush the field and, and treat it like they had just won the World Cup or like the end of victory carrying Sly Stallone off on their shoulders. Um, it was something really to yeah. behold. It's, it's pretty it, it really amazing. Sh- and I hope I hope they're not facing it again next year. I hope that they're back solidly in the middle of the table where they well, belong. Well, it just goes to show you how dead I am inside because I was excited and like kind of soaking up the moment and the fans running out of the pitch for like maybe seven seconds. And then I was like, this team spends more than like all but like four other teams in the Premier League. <laughs> I got to sit here and hope that they come back against fucking Crystal Palace at home to stave off relegation. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I just I have something right. broken inside of me. I can't enjoy things. 
Well, next next week we're going to come back with one last episode doing the Champions League preview and then talking about you know next season and hopefully some future odds will be posted. But you'll be damn right I'll be asking you if Lampard's the man to lead them next year. So just save your thoughts until then, but that topic's coming. Uh, as of this week, Arsenal is minus 270 in this game. Huge line movement after the Everton result. That line moved from minus 140 to minus 270 because Everton no longer has anything to uh, fear on the drop on Sunday. Everton moved up to plus 750. The draw is plus 425. Arsenal minus a goal and a half is basically a coin flip at plus 105. Everton minus 130 on the take back. And um, I don't know. I mean, Everton's obviously the big winners today, but Arsenal's the second biggest winners. Like, does Everton have any gas left? I can't physical imagine. Or emotional yeah. tank after they chased this for so hard for like multiple months. I mean, I... Are they even going to show up? Like, who's going to play? What is going to happen in this game? So I think this is a game that you absolutely can't bet unless you just want to take the Arsenal money line until you see the lineups. Because, I mean, like, Arsenal, uh, everybody might roll their youth lineup out to give those guys some more time off after. I mean, we're talking about guys that haven't had time off. Richarlison is one of those guys. He either have been playing or rehabbing for like three years straight. Yeah. So without knowing how Everton's going to approach the game, the only possible bet in my mind is Arsenal minus 270. If you see the lineup and Everton's really laying down, then jump on the Arsenal adjusted. But that said, like Arsenal doesn't have that much firepower that even if they played your youth team, you'd expect them to be like City and roll up like five or six goals. Like even against the youth team, they might just smash the ball down the middle for 90 minutes and score two or three times. Um so I'm taking the the money line, but then, you know, just because I have to take some prop and I was really tempted for sentimentality reasons to take the under on corner, I just couldn't do it because <laughs> who the hell knows. Wouldn't make any sense, and i got to do our listeners some service here. Uh, give me Arsenal, clean sheet win, plus 115. I don't know if they're a good team doing a good thing in this match, but I know that they're uh, facing a team that's absolutely empty. And I have no reason to believe that they're going to score and Arsenal definitely is going to win. Yeah, I mean, the thing that you have to remember, too, about uh, Everton today um, is they were they were not good. Like that was that they got lucky to come back and win. They scored three goals, I think 0.9 expected goals. The weirdest thing was they played Palace, Crystal Palace, with a midfield of Jeffrey Schlupp. I think it was Eze and Will Hughes was their midfield. At Goodison, when they needed to win to stave off relegation, and they could not control that match at all. Palace was the better team from start to finish. Everton won the match, but Palace was the better team. A team with nothing to play for against Everton. That is very disconcerting. So now when you strip Everton of the motivation to need to win, and you look at just how bare bones bad they've been, I think Arsenal might walk this game because, again, Everton just played today. So it's going to be a short turnaround. There's nothing left for them to play for. They've poured everything into this. The letdown game possibility is huge. That said, I agree with you. Nothing about the way that Arsenal is. This is... There, there's uh, a line, I think, in Beyond Forgiven where, like, Clint Eastwood says something about how deserves got nothing to do with it. This is actually the one case where Arsenal got what they deserve. They are they are the fifth best team. They are a Europa League team. And their results finally landed him here. And part of the reason why, even with all this working against him, with as bad as Everton is, with the letdown game, that I can't, like, just think Arsenal's going to steamroll is they're just not that good. Their attackers just aren't that good. 
And so I'm just taking him at minus 0.5 and minus 245. And I'm going to trust Aaron Ramsdale, even though he's fallen off a shot stopping cliff since we used to praise him regularly in the beginning of the year to to have the clean sheet win at plus 140. I I just, I I think this is going to be like a one nil boring, terrible Arteta super controlled game where Everton are just dead and do nothing and Arsenal leak out a goal. That's just kind of the feel of this game right. for me. All right, offline, you got to tell me where you saw that at plus 140 because I'm only seeing it at plus 115 and I want to shop at your book. So don't tell the listeners. Okay. You I just tell you. me. Yeah, Toby, I that Toby price. To, you know, Toby's battling through COVID. You get the special price. Okay, so let us get down to the last match that we're going to discuss. And it is appropriate because it's the last match I ever want to watch this Manchester United team play. <laughs> and I really don't even want to watch this one. Uh, we got Crystal Palace, 13th, 45 points after capitulating today to Everton and giving them a chance to play Premier League football yet again versus Manchester United, 6th at 58 points. The reason this game matters is West Ham has really kind of taken care of some unexpected business at the end of the year, and they are absolutely in position to steal the second Europa spot from Manchester United and send them down to the Conference League, which oh, would be utterly oh, appropriate for this crap team that did stop caring forever ago. So you could already tell from my introduction what I am actually rooting for. And I'm going to back it with my dollars because I think that the proper narrative, the proper burial for this particular Manchester United team is that they squandered away the opportunity to ch- qualify for the Champions League. The only way it's going to happen, which is winning Europa, which is what they've done several <laughs> times. Uh, so give me... Uh, I guess I didn't read the odds. Manchester United is plus 130. Crystal Palace is plus 210. The draw is plus 255. Manchester United minus half a goal stays at plus 125. Crystal Palace is at minus 155. And the most hilarious way for this to end is for it to go down a goal differential and getting their ass kicked by teams like Brighton send them down a peg in Europe and, and closes their path to the Champions League. So give me, I'm not going to take the straight draw because Manchester United is crappy enough that they could lose this outright. Uh, Give me Crystal Palace plus half a goal, minus 155, and West Ham to win and Mikey Meatballs to rush the field wherever he's at. (laughs) Mikey Meatballs. Yeah, I want to see Meatballs wearing his Jared Bowen kit and running around after uh, United lose. Um, Yeah, I mean, the, the thing to remember is Palace has been pretty solid this year. There's definitely um, an element probably pictured by the fact that Juan Mata is running around the pitch that United has thrown in the towel in this season. Um, and, and Palace is really good against Everton Day. And now they're going back to Selhurst. It's going to be the last game of the season. The fans are going to be fired up. These teams do generally seem to play well when they have their little farewell game, even if they're not you know, in the thick of it for anything. Um, and there was some squad ro- rotation today by by Palace as well. So like Connor Gallagher is going to be fully rested and and starting in the midfield. And um, they're gonna they're gonna have Eduardo, the one who has been their best striker this year, is gonna be back and rested. So I mean, there's gonna be like some juice behind this Palace team. So I'm actually gonna go one step further with backing up United going to Conference League with my dollars with taking Palace to win outright at plus two oh five because Connor Whoa! Gallagher. Your Lord and Savior, he's gonna help me do it. Um, I really wanted to pick him. <laughs> I really wanted to pick him as an anytime goal scorer, but the odds just weren't there. Um, but I yeah. am going to take Man U to not score in both halves at minus 280 because their range is one to zero. And no matter which way you cut one goal or zero goals, 
they can't score in both halves. So even though the pricing is not great, as per usual, it seems to me like it's one of the safest bets out there. Yeah, I, I'm really happy about Connor Gallagher because if they do rush the field or anything at the end to celebrate the end of this palace, well, he's just levitated above everybody. Or yeah, I don't have to worry about getting him hurt. I'll just ascend, <laughs> and there'll be no way that they can reach him. Um, Connor Gallagher, Crystal Palace, Crystal Palace is interesting in one regard. If you look at the table, and I was looking at it earlier today, like goal differential tells the story for the table for the most part, particularly at the top. I mean, they're probably going to finish basically an order of goal differential through uh, seven or eight or so. And then you look at the bottom half of the table and it's giant negative numbers, except for one outlier. Crystal Palace is plus three on the year on goal differential, and the teams around them are minus one, minus 21, minus 19. So if you look at just from that tr- that line, like they have outperformed their standings in terms of um, of goal creation and goal stopping throughout the year. So I would not take them lightly in this game, and I think Manchester United is taking every game lightly. Uh, the My prop, pure narrative-based, this is no science whatsoever. This is just pure me thinking about how this game might turn out. And I know you're going to disagree with this one as well, get based on your prop. But highest scoring half, the second is minus 115. As I mentioned earlier, all the scores are going to be known to all these teams as they chase this game. And I could 1,000% see this game going 0-0 into the half uh, West Ham being up one nil or two one or two zero, and then Manchester United deciding they have to chase the game in order to secure their spot. And holy hell, will that be fun to watch with those old hogs running around the field and leaving giant spaces and Harry Maguire trying to cover them behind them. So whether they're pressing on the attack or they're opening the space for Connor Gallagher to exploit, I like the second half with them realizing that they have screwed up. This entire year, looking backwards and uh, trying to reconcile it at the very last moment with some desperation play, one or two or three goals in the second half. Let's see it. I mean, look, I'm, I'll, I'll give it away. Palace is in my five pints, so th- it's, it would seem fitting to end the year that me taking them to win gets ruined when Ronaldo gets some bullshit penalty in the second half and then it draws the match. So th- that seems perfect. This is actually built up to work perfectly in your favor. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of the five pint, let's do it. And Brett Corbinos made a huge run last time we did this. Harry Kane, anytime goal scorer, Manchester City to win in a route. Hits all five of his pints on nice plus numbers. I think uh, plus 130, plus 190 yeah. to go from zero to the lead in one fell swoop. So high variance pays off again. I was feeling good until uh, Harry Kane scored because I hit that Mason Mount thing exactly. If you remember last time we talked about this, I was talking about playing the math and you don't want to bet uh, anytime goal scorer or assist. You want to separate your bets out because you get better numbers if you bet them separately. And then if he hits both, then you're obviously hitting a huge jackpot. And what does my boy do? He goes out (laughs) and hits both. So despite your stellar week, I am hanging right in there. We go into this week with you up a pint and a half in this final challenge, even though you had your best week ever. Um, I am going to go with my five pint with a lot of city stuff. City is who I feel absolutely the most confident in this week only followed by Liverpool. So all of my best basically touch those two teams, Manchester City and Spurs, to both win by at least two, plus 150. City, Pool, and Spurs, just to win, 
is minus 150. That's my only like small hedge bet of the week. Manchester City over one and a half first half goals plus 160. Manchester City and Aston Villa over three and a half goals on the game plus 120. And just so Brett could get a taste of his own medicine, I am going with a Spurs anytime or not anytime goal scorer, a Spurs goal scorer son to score twice or more with the brace to win the golden boot at plus 250. Love it. I love it. I, I will actually be happy if that one hits. Um, I mean, I won't like losing to you, but I'll, I'm, I will be glad if that one, Well, hits. you're used to it. I know. I, used I'm to used it. to it's it. Fun. And again, I'm dead inside. We've already proved this. So uh, I, I really am. I know I'm going to regret this, but I kind of wanted to just go contrarian with the one pick. So I, I've already given it away, but I am actually going to back up the United's terribleness with putting two pints on palace at plus two Oh five to win outright. <laughs> I, I don't know why I'm doing this. I actually was thinking, I was like, Toby is going to pick a bunch of city shit. I literally thought that before we recorded the podcast. <laughs> so I didn't want to do the same thing. So I wanted to be different. It's, you know, it's the last Premier League show of the year. So I'm, I'm going to mix it up a little bit in more ways than one. Then the next one, I'm going to go very basic, bitch. I'm going to go one pint Spurs minus one and a half against Norwich at minus 157. And then here's my one of my like very few parlays. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do good teams to do good things in one parlay. I'm going to put two points on City at minus one and a half, Liverpool at minus one and a half, and Spurs at minus one and a half. It comes out to plus 288. So basically every team that is pushing for the big, huge things to just smash their opponent, win by two or more goals, I got it in a parlay. That's going to be what takes me home. I mean, good teams, good teams doing good things against shitty teams. That's the bet. Well, well, it's funny. I have the same thing with City and Spurs on the exact same thing, but you added the pool element on top. So uh, you can't win without me winning, but I can win without you winning. (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) It'll be a fun last weekend, Uh, then. It's always a fun last weekend. This is the greatest league in the world, and this is the greatest day of the season when things are on the line. So I hope all of you really enjoy Sunday morning. Uh, you don't have to get COVID to enjoy it. I took it to the extreme. I'm out here playing 4D checkers. The rest of you guys could just you know, put your away messes on for uh, two hours and, and really enjoy the action. Uh, it'll be back in August, but those three months always feel a little bit long. So enjoy it while it's here. We will be back next week to talk a little bit about the Champions League and about what we expect in the offseason going into next August. Um, I can't wait to be back together with you um, at that time, but I really want everybody to soak in Sunday. So don't look I, I have one question. Just I have one more Sunday. question for you, though, Toby. This is a big one. All right? Sure. So I have four devices with screens on them that I will. they will all be turned on. If you have okay. four devices of your own, what four matches are going to be on for you on Sunday? I, I want to hear this. Uh, City, Pool, Tottenham. Oh, Come on, first half. You're not going to back Jesse. You're not going to watch Leeds Brentford and see our American yeah, manager well, can save the day. I was actually going to say Leeds will probably be on the fourth one for the first half. But if there's any chance that Arsenal might Arsenal that game or the Spurs might Spurs their game, then I'm just going to go with the ones that matter in the top four. And I will be watching Chelsea on my phone on my fifth device, just because I'm a sick bastard who can't miss a game. (laughs) What about, what about you? You got it any different? Uh, I think I'm actually going to go. I think I'm actually going to go the two for the title race. I'm going to have city Villa on one. I'm going to have Liverpool uh, wolves on another. And then I got Leeds Brentford and I'm going to go Burnley, Newcastle. I'm going to go the relegation. 
and I'm going to go the champions. That's it. And if Spurs start Spursing some shit, if Norwich is up like 2-1, I will definitely be making moves. A device will be switched over. I'll be finding a fifth screen. Uh, but yeah, that that's going to be my four. I'm going to do relegation. I'm going to do championship. That's that's what we're, that's right. what we're doing. All right. Well, look, I know we're in bonus time. People might have already turned me off since you you already cut off where we were going with this. But give it to me. I, I didn't I didn't look at the odds. I don't know the odds. Who's going down? Birds. Uh, I'm sorry. I think 538 Leeds? has leads. At, they're at 67 percent to be relegated. Um, I think uh, Burnley is a, a half a goal favorite against Newcastle and Leeds are half a goal dog against Brentford. So I am going to believe, though. I'm going to believe in Leeds. I'm going to believe in Daniel James. <laughs> I'm going to go with Leeds actually beating Brentford. I think Burnley's going to go down. I look, Newcastle hasn't shown any signs of letting up. Like, I mean, they, sma- they, they smashed got- Arsenal too. They were legitimately better than Arsenal for full 90 minutes. They had nothing to play yeah. for and they smashed them. I mean, buckle up for some Newcastle talk next week because I am looking at all of their futures as soon as they get posted. Uh, and I think that it'll come down to Leeds because I think Newcastle is going to beat Burnley. I don't care who's favored in that game. I just think those guys are better, and I don't think they've ever shown any signs of uh, relenting. And so it's going to be a, a referendum on Leeds with their backs against the wall. Can they come through? Yeah. And I don't think they can, so I think they're going down. Oh, that'll hurt. That'll hurt. You might be right. I, I'm believing. I'm hoping against hope. You're you're probably using your head thinking in the right direction on this. All right. Well, let's get out of here. Uh, I've got to go drink some fluids and I hope you guys will come back next week for our usual interchange of horrible advice backed by expert analysis. Enjoy championship Sunday, folks. Take care y'all.